Let's get to it. This is Sebi Podcast. The Sebi Podcast Radio Show, streaming only here on WNSC Radio. NBA Free Agency, this upcoming Sunday. And division by division winners in the NFC. But that's all coming up here on the Sebi Podcast Radio Show. Streaming only here on WNSC Radio. Myself and Michael Gray here on the Sebi Podcast Radio Show, bringing you back live here inside of our studios. Michael and Chris Wolf had it holding down a week ago while I was out there in L.A. Boy, you want to talk about the weather in California? I tend to see why, Mike. A lot of these free agents or these stars and celebrities want to be out there in California. <laughs> the weather is unlike any other. It is unimaginable. It is, the words can't describe it. Not even a Hollywood script has a topic for it. I mean, the weather out there is gorgeous. We had an opportunity to definitely be at the NBA Awards where Giannis Antetokounmpo became the third youngest player to win league honors mvp and also the bet awards as well and caught up and covered a excellent excellent boxing fight between Concio and machado too out there in fantasy springs california had a definitely had myself a blast out there at the west coast and of course coming to you east now live from virginia my man my sidekick michael gray how you doing today Doing great, man. Doing great. I'm glad to hear you had a great time in LA. I've always, I've always heard great things about LA, and I've I've never really heard a bad story or uh, anything bad about LA as far as the vibes and the energy out there. Is. I the heard vibes and energy out there are real, and again, the weather. You know, it is unbelievable, unbelievable out there in Los Angeles. And speaking of Los Angeles, Mike, let's get right into it, right? You know, Los yep. Angeles has been the talk of you know, the nation thus far in the sports market, in the sports world, of course, the Los Angeles Lakers and the Clippers, of course, making big splash, Anthony Davis taking his talents, not to South Beach, but to perhaps Venus Beach or St. Monica Beach out there in Los Angeles, pairing up with LeBron James. That was the biggest move that sent shockwaves into the sports world world a week ago. And the Clippers, of course, in the thick of things for the NBA draft, uh, NBA free agency, free agency, excuse me, coming up this Sunday, of course. But first, let's go ahead and start off and go recap back to our NBA draft winners and losers. Mike, I'll start off with you. Give me a winner that you thought, a winner, winner, chicken dinner, this past Thursday in Brooklyn. I'm going to go with the Chicago Bulls. That's, that's one of my winners. I'm, I like I like Kobe White going to Chicago Bulls. I think what they needed was a solid, a solid point guard who could score, but also learn how to facilitate on the fly. I, his assist numbers weren't as high in North Carolina. As 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 they probably could have been, but I feel like his numbers will get a lot better from an assist um, standpoint once he comes to Chicago. You see, playing with guys like Otto Porter, um, um, Zach Levine, you guys like that is this team is only going to get better because they have young stars that they're going to develop around. And I see Chicago fighting for for a, a playoff seed this year for sure. Definitely, there the Chicago Bulls out there from Southside Chicago, definitely trying to rewrite and claim back as one of the premier franchises in the NBA and contend in the Eastern Conference. Mike, I've got two for you. I've mm-hmm. got the Denver Nuggets. Um, I, I mm-hmm. think coming into the season, and we'll go ahead and, and talk about, of course, on at a later time, about the Western Conference um, supremacy and where things stand 
uh, after free agency. Uh, you know, we'll see how things line up, where all these where all these dominoes fall or per se. But I've got the Denver Nuggets, and I think this upcoming season, with the success that they had last year, um, how young they are, I think that you know they're going to be a, again right in the thick of things in the Western Conference and a little dark horse to perhaps even win it. But I love what they did in the draft. Um, bull bull. I mean, we all know the big man in Oregon, seven foot three, and li- and listen to this, Mike. He's got a seven ten wingspan. Incredible stuff, uh, you know. So he's a, he's been banged up a lot. Didn't play as much out there in Oregon, you know. Injuries and I, I guess his lack of effort really kind of slid him down on on his draft stock. But I mean, yeah. well, you can't you can't you can't script twenty one and nine. I mean, this this guy, what he did in Oregon was 21 and 9 in the games that he did play before he suffered that scary injury out there in Oregon. They're getting a top five pick, and they got that guy in the middle pack of the second round at 44. Obviously, the Miami Heat drafted him. Now they made some calls with the Miami Heat, sending him to Denver. And think about this, Mike. I love what the Denver Nuggets did. They can potentially have. Michael Porter Jr., who I think may be a dark horse to win, uh, you know, rookie of the year this year since he didn't play one minute last year. And they have Bull Bull, who will perhaps miss mid-year, if not all of next year's season, and potentially can come the year after that. So the Denver Nuggets, they've already got their cornerstone pillars with Jamal Murray and Jokic. And, and you know, they got some great pieces with Malik Beasley and Monte Morris, uh, you know, some of these nice young assets for Mike Malone's squad. And to pair up Michael Porter Jr., who's one of the more gifted scorers that the league will see uh, coming soon, and Bol Bol, I-, I think that sets up for great, great, great promise out there for the fans at the Mile High. And, of course, I got to show love to ATL. I love, <laughs> what, oh, I love what the Hawks did, Mike. I love yeah. what they did. And, and I thought that they hit, they, they hit, they hit the jackpot. Mike, yeah. they hit the jackpot. They mm-hmm. traded up and got Daniel Hunter at four. Yeah, DeAndre Hunter, excuse me. Um, <laughs> Daniel Hunter plays for the Vikings. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, DeAndre Hunter at four. And, uh, you know, I- I've always said and coming in that he reminds me of a young Kawhi Leonard has all the intangibles, all of the making of the right stuff. He's got the attitude that he wants to work. He's already got that defensive prowess he can switch from one through four in this game day and age you got to be able to find somebody like that that three and d wing guy they got that and they traded up at four and then you caught a steal at cam reddish at 10 now i I mean look I, i saw a lot of duke games right and i said that cam reddish to me never fitted duke because he was always the third wheel behind zion williams and and rj barrett who went to New York as the third overall pick. I've always said that he was the, you know, a, a third wheel. We really didn't get a chance to see him blossom or his potential really unlock. But I've talked to a lot of scouts in here in Orlando. They said his ceiling can be Paul George. Mike, if you have Trey Young as your point guard and what Trey Young did last year, I love what he did unlocking John Collins game. If yep. Cam Reddish can be anything close to Paul George, the Atlanta Hawks may have something coming. And, oh, by the way, spoiler alert, I have them going into the playoffs next season in the Eastern Conference. I, I would agree with you on that one, assuming health, assuming everybody stays healthy. This team is going to be a show. Atlanta was going to be the team that I said uh, that I, I, I threw in there as my second option. You beat me to it, man, and rightfully so. This this team is special, man. You, you If you look at how they, um, how Trey Young came, came on board last year after the All-Star game, and the, the, just the tear he was on and making this team uh, relevant as far as competitive and winning big games and things of that nature. Uh, I, I can just only imagine how lethal they can be with the DeAndre Hunter who plays both sides of the of the floor and a Cam Reddish who can just shoot the lights out and add points. You got to remember, Sebi, they were putting up 120 points, 130 points. They were putting up big numbers. The problem was uh, for the Atlanta Hawks, in my opinion, that second half of the season was defensively. I think right. they showed up, up the defensive side with that from the wing from the wing position. And they're only gonna get better as time goes on. And I think I like what the Atlanta Hawks did not only in the draft, but picking up Evan Turner. Because that, that gives them that veteran leadership. Right. That they need that, that can help that young core. But you're absolutely right. This Atlanta team, man, they I, I see them potentially going to the playoffs in the Eastern Conference as well, fighting for fighting for a, a spot. Definitely there, Trey Young, nineteen point one points per game, 
last season. Really came on to the scene in the second half of the season as well. And, oh, think about this, right? You know, steal by Hunter. Trey Young on the fast break. He can shoot the lights out from deep. Cam Reddish can shoot the lights out from deep. He's got that prototypical NBA size at 6'8". And also John Collins inside for alleys. The Highlight Factory in Atlanta may be the place to be in the years to come out there in the Eastern Conference. Mike, uh, let's list some losers for you. Got you. My losers. Hmm. I'm going to go with the, let's see here. It's hard to say losers because I think that the, this draft this year had more winners than than people give them credit for because one through three, we already know one through three was were, were given. But as far as everyone else is concerned, it was about who was in the right position. And I think a lot of players that may not have been the best in college got put in the right position in the NBA to, to help them succeed. But if you had to put my feet to the fire and say and pick a loser, I'm I'm a I'm gonna lean towards. Hmm. Well, while Mike there go ahead and ponders about some of the losers here, I'll go ahead and help you out there, Mike. Um, I, I'm gonna go with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, you, they picked uh, Colin Sexton in eighth last year's draft. Um, you know, Colin Sexton highly recruited out of high school. Had a stellar freshman uh, season out there in Alabama for Avery Johnson. And then, you know, had a great rookie season here for the Cleveland Cavaliers. And then the Cavaliers had a great opportunity to really do something in this draft. You know, you've got Kevin Love as the veteran. We'll see if he moves on in free agency to clear out some cap room and and things of that nature for that team as an old veteran there, and potentially J.R. Smith as well. We'll go ahead and talk about those two guys later on in our segments. But yeah. I-, I thought they had some needs. You bring in John Beeline, who had a great track record out there in Michigan. You bring him to Cleveland as your coach to mentor Colin Sexton, and then you draft, you know, uh, Gallard from uh, Vanderbilt. And, and so I'm, I'm interested to see how that cohesion and how they mesh. You've got one ball-dominant point guard and you've got another ball-dominant point guard. Uh, I'm interested to see who's going to play A1, A2, who's going to play the shooting guard. Uh, or do they start Gallard as the, you know, the natural point guard and put Colin Sexton as more of the scoring point guard at the two? So I'm interested to see how that cohesion goes in well. And, and I didn't really like the fit there. Uh, they really passed up on, Jared Culliver, who went to six to the Timberwolves. That's a great pairing with Carl Anthony Towns there. I think he's definitely going to blossom there. So I, I, that, I, I was a little bit shaky on that. So uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers is one of my losers. One of my losers I definitely have to go with is the Phoenix Suns. I, yep, I thought, that was my second, Mike. I thought the Phoenix Suns, I think I think getting getting rid of T.J. Warren for, for a higher pick was gonna is going to hurt them more than they think because T.J. Warren was one of the – their top scorers, you know, opposite of Devin Booker, of course. And I, I think losing him and not being able to get one of the top picks that you wanted in John Moran, of course, I think that, that they were one they were one of the biggest losers as well because I think they, they could have shored up some spots that they needed and they also could have kept some players that they got rid of. And I'm, I'm going to go with the Phoenix Suns. Definitely there, the Phoenix Suns. Just been a debacle out there, and we only can hope about – Devin Booker, who one day, Mike, one day, I can tell you, will be praying to management, tell him to get out of there, <laughs> asking for a trade in that debacle out there in the desert in Phoenix. Mike, I, I want to bring this up to you. Any contenders in this draft that stood out to you that said, okay, this is what they needed and they potentially can get them over the hump and maybe an NBA Finals run next season? Whew. If, I had to, if I had to lean with somebody, I'm going with... um. I'm going with the Utah. I'm going with the Utah Jazz. Okay, and it's a, it's a sneaky pick, and it's, it's a pick that a lot of people aren't talking about. But I like this pick. I'm going to go with uh, the Utah Jazz because of their pick they had with Justin Wright Foreman. Okay, Justin Wright Foreman is the guy I got to see play uh, live when I was covering VCU when they went when Hofstra went up against VCU. He had a terrible first half scoring and shooting the basketball, but and they, and they were down in that second half. He went on the tear, scored over 20 points, and put them back in the game. He's a lethal scorer. He can score from anywhere on the court, and, and, and his ability is unmatched. And I think Utah is something that Utah desperately needed 
because you you already had you you just got Mike Conley. You're pairing him with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert in the starting lineup. You have a guy like Justin Wright Foreman coming off the bench backing up Donovan Mitchell. I mean, that scoring punch off the bench is going to be much needed, and they already have a solidified bench. This this Utah Jazz team can be absolutely dangerous um, in in this upcoming season. I, I see I see them potentially getting all the way to the Western Conference Finals and possibly possibly to the NBA Finals, depending on how well they play. Definitely, there the Utah Jazz, well coached by there by John Snyder, and also making a big splash already trading for Mike Conley to mentor Donovan Mitchell as an up-and-coming star in our league there. I'm going to uh, agree with you there and, and stay out West as one of my contenders. And one of your favorite players, Mike, um, Nasir Little out of North Carolina. Uh, Nasir Little getting drafted 24th overall to the Blazers. Now, we know the Blazers, what if they had, you know, they've always had great, great, great backcourt players mm-hmm. from Brandon Ward back in the days to Clyde Drexler to now CJ McCullough and Damian Lillard. But they needed that girth, that size inside. They really miss Nurkic because of that nasty injury. Well, they go ahead and get Nasir Little. And I think that he's a plug-and-play guy that can come in right away. And it expects Terry Scotts to give him a lot of minutes. Um, obviously, you know, Evan Turner uh, gone on that trade as well. I, I like bringing in, of course, uh, Kent Bazemore. That's going to help them with bench points when CJ and Dame needs some uh, timeout on the bench and have a guy that can also run the offense and ball handle. But Nasir Little is a guy that has your prototypical size, a, a legit 6'7", 7'6", mm-hmm. wingspan. They say his upside can be Jalen Brown. I think that's a guy that can help him right away. And a little contender right there for the Blazers. They got to the Western Conference Finals, and Nasir Little, I think, can be a guy right away that can come in and play. And, oh, by the way, they might be in for Kevin Love as well. So I, I think that you know, Nasir Little definitely makes sense for the Portland Trailblazers. That's the, I absolutely agree, and because I love Nasir Little's athleticism, and you're absolutely right. They've always had a dominant backcourt, but where they've lacked, in, especially in the playoffs in crucial moments, is their frontcourt. And uh, you know, they they were they were hit with the injury bug the last two years with Yusuf Nurkic not being able to go in the playoffs, and hopefully he can stay healthy this year. And we'll see if they resign Enos Kanter or not. But I think Nasir Little. Is is a major piece for them and can really affect them, especially on the defensive side of the ball. For sure, yes, Nasir Little, twenty uh, fourth overall. He himself had to play behind, of course, Luke May and sure. uh, Cameron Johnson, who was a lights out shooter in North Carolina in that great spot there. Kobe White and others. The Tar Heels, a great class for Will Williams. Four of the top twenty four Tar Heels going into this upcoming draft here for the North Carolina Tar Heels. And those were our winners and losers. And those were proud and sponsored by Revamp Barbershop. Revamp Barbershop, Ricky and the entire gang here, located in the Central Florida area, has confided everyone in the community from facial hairs to beards to edges to cuts to edge up. Whatever your skin care and your hair needs, Ricky and the gang has invited all of us in the community to see him out there in Revamp Barbershop. And that was our opening segment here on the Sevy Podcast radio show. But wait, because when we come back, Mike, Mike and son and I get to go ahead and talk about some of the NBA free agency as the NBA free agency starts up Sunday. Kevin Durant declining his 31.5 extension. He's going to exercise that in free agency. Clay Thompson, Jimmy Butler and others, Kemba Walker, and also Al Horford. You're listening to the Sebi Podcast Radio Show. Stream on me here on WNSC Radio. Rod Wave there and Hard on Ice, the Sebi Podcast Radio Show. Back here, myself and Michael Gray, product of the Virginian Union. The NBA free agency starts on Sunday, Mike. 
and we've heard a lot of rumors, a lot of thoughts going around. What should we expect in any teams that you have your eye on that we're not talking about that can really make a big splash come Sunday afternoon? That we're not talking about, I probably would go with the L.A. Clippers. I mean, we're talking about the Clippers, but to be honest with you, we're only talking about the possibility of one guy going there. I think the the dynamic pair and all of this now that now that, now that Kevin Durant's injury is major, it, 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 and he's more than likely not going to play next year, somebody's going to offer him the max. But if you're talking about a duo that can possibly win right now, I'm going with Kawhi Leonard and Jimmy Butler. I think if they pair together and come to a team like the Clippers, oh, that's scary. You have well, that's, Kawhi. That's and- scary. That's that is scary, Mike. You have Kawhi, and then you have Jimmy, and then you already have the sixth man of the year uh, coming off the bench giving you buckets. I mean, that's that's a scary tandem, and you already – and it's in L.A. opposite of LeBron James and Anthony Anthony Davis. So that 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 would be interesting to see right there uh, as far as the duo is concerned. I think the Clippers definitely can make some noise and are uh, geared up to, to make some things happen in this free agency. I think the Nets um, uh, have, have cleared some cap space to make some things happen uh, for two max players this offseason. The New York Knicks. They need to make something. Ha- they need to make something happen this offseason as far as signing two big time players. Um, I, I would go with those three right now, and I, I probably would say, outside of those three, I think in free agency, I think the Houston Rockets are going to make one of the biggest changes. You know, right now they, it's r- rumored and reported that it's a lot of turmoil in that locker room as far as their two superstars are concerned, and whether or not they want to try try to uh, get Jimmy Butler to force a signing trade to come to Houston and things of that sort. I think uh, I think Jim, I think the Houston Rockets are going to make a big splash this offseason, possibly to to get somebody in a in a and trade or if that's the case or but but they they they're going to make some noise. I, I feel like they're going to have an entirely different team than they had than the one they had this past season. Definitely, there the Houston Rockets, of course, always knocking on the doors. Those great seasons there with Dan Marley and Mike D'Antoni, but never having any result to show up for it, having to come in up short the last three or four seasons there. And speaking of the Houston Rockets, we go to the Woes and Low podcast where Woes thinks that, just like you, Mike, the Houston Rockets are going to make a big splash this weekend. Let's take a listen. He starts on Sunday. Maury's plan is to convince Jimmy Butler to work and try to get Philadelphia to work a side and trade with the Rockets you know, essentially tell Philly, I will go sign somewhere that does have cap space. You'll lose me for nothing if you don't work a sign and trade with Philly, with, with Houston, to get me there. And then he would partner up Jimmy Butler with uh, Chris Paul, with James Harden. And remember, he offered four first-round picks in Minnesota before he traded there. He believes in star power. And to do that deal, hypothetically, it would have to be two of these three players would have to be included in it. Clint Capella, Eric Gordon, and P.J. Tucker. Good players. Very good players. And if, you know, Philly didn't want to take on salary, if they said, okay, Jimmy's going to leave, we would let him leave, they could, you know, they could forward those players on to another team. They could create a trade exception, keep some cap flexibility. But we do know that this weekend, Philadelphia, listen, they're determined to re-sign Jimmy Butler. Now, is it at a four-year max? Is it a five-year max? Will it be something just south of that? They're not interested in just letting him walk. I would love right. that. Right. There. Uh, right. That was Adrian Wojnarowski talking about the big splash between the sign-and-trade potentially of the Sixers and the Rockets. And Michael, your thoughts? I think you guys really hit it off the bat there. I agree, because you're right. He's absolutely right about Philadelphia. They do not want to let Jimmy Butler walk. They know how important Jimmy Butler was to their success last especially season, especially in their postseason success. Especially in the postseason run, because he, you know he's the, he's a rough rider. He's somebody you want to go to war with. He's somebody you want on your team because he does it on both sides of the ball at a very effective and high level. And I, you're absolutely right. Philly's going to offer him the max and dare him to walk away from some, from a deal like that. And I abs- I absolutely agree. Like Houston is going to is going to vie hard and. And try hard to get to get him to, to to and persuade him to get him out there, because he he would fit perfect with them. I I I don't think it's a bad move. I think it's actually a great move for them 
because he uh, that toughness and tenacity is something that they they need on both sides, and it'd be it'd be a great fit for them. But I I, I agree, the Houston Rockets are going to make a big move, whether it's getting Jimmy Butler or somebody else. But I know they definitely want Jimmy Butler. Definitely, they're always going to keep our eyes on runners one in the Houston Rockets. There, Mike, I want to go to the Golden State Warriors now. We've got Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson. We don't know where they're going to go. Mike, I want to throw this at you. And you've already lamented. You think Kevin Durant is the best player in the world. Listen yeah. to this. He's one of five players to win Rookie of the Year, MVP, Finals MVP, All-Star Game MVP. That's twice. And four. That's right. Four scoring titles. That's one less than Michael Jordan for the all-time players. One of those five players, the other four, LeBron James, Shaquille O'Neal, Michael Jordan, and also Will Chamberlain. So, <laughs> regardless if uh, Kevin Durant is uh, hobbled or paralyzed or not, I, I do think that all 32 teams are going to chime in on him and give him that max, right? For sure, for sure. Not even a question about it. Not even a question about it. Because Kevin Durant is one of those players. Yeah, a lot of people say it's, poss- it's a possibility that he might not come back the same player he was before. But even him coming back at 80, 80% or 75% is better than the majority of the NBA. Kevin Durant is that lethal. He can do whatever he wants. And because of his skill set and his game, even after the injury, he's going to be fine because he's a jump shooter. He can shoot the basketball. He can get to his spots. He's going to be more aware and more smart, smarter about the game. The game is going to become even more easy to him as the years go on. Kevin Durant will be fine, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Durant, one of the game's most gifted scorers that the league's ever seen there, for sure. And I want to talk to you about the uh, you know, Clay Thompson equation here. Uh, Clay Thompson is already limited and came out publicly and stated that, hey, at 6.03 Pacific time on Sunday afternoon, if the Golden State Warriors don't back up that dump truck and give me the max, I may be seeking elsewhere. And one of those places is the Los Angeles Clippers. Your mm. thoughts on that? That would that, that, That's scary. Now, that's major. That's ma- And he's absolutely right. If the Golden State Warriors deserve to pay him the max. D-Mac, he deserves every single dollar he can get, every single penny. Klay Thompson is one of those guys that you want to go to war with on your team. He is a sharpshooter. He's an uh, elite defender. Um, he, he's just a great all, and he's a clutch performer. And he doesn't back down from the biggest moments. When they, when the Golden State Warriors have needed him most in this five-year run, he's continuously showed up. We call him Game 6 Clay for a reason. He doesn't shy away from big moments. He's a great basketball player. He deserves everything, and he showed in the, the last time he played a game for the Warriors, he showed that he was willing to go out there and play on a torn ACL to continue this series against the Raptors. He's a he's he's one of those type of players. He's that he's got that type of mentality. The Warriors absolutely deserve a max, but if he doesn't get the max from the Warriors and he goes to the Los Angeles Clippers, that would be that would be scary. my man. That, that would be, be that would be lethal. You've that got you you would potentially have Mike. You know, Kawhi Leonard, potentially. We'll see if he uh, resigns with the Raptors. And right. Clay Thompson, if whenever he comes back in uh, late season or or maybe the uh, the other calendar uh, season as well, along with that core nucleus of Montrez Harrell, Lou Williams, and Patrick Beverly. Uh, we'll see if they resign him. That's huge. Uh, Danilo Gallinari. And I, right. I'm a huge fan of Shai Gilgis-Alexander. And, oh, yeah, by the way, we've too. got – Doc Doc Rivers as your coach. So a right. lot of people are saying, hey, the Lakers, they're penciling them to get out of the West. Not so much. If Klay Thompson and Kawhi Leonard were to get there, I'm not quite sure about that. And you know what's funny, Mike? This is ironic. You know, yeah. I don't know what you and Rose got going on. He actually agreed with you as well wow. about potentially Klay Thompson going to the Clippers. Let's take a listen of, of this. Hasn't been commit, communicated to him that it's for sure coming, right? Right, and they you can offer your own free agent uh, a deal at any point here. That five-year, $190 million max offer before the injury, post-injury, if it's not there for Clay Thompson Sunday at 6.01 p.m. Eastern, the Warriors could then expect him to go out and take a meeting, meetings. But the one team that I think that, that my information is that he would be very open to going to sit down with are the Clippers. And if Kawhi Leonard, if they have a chance to be able to sell Kawhi Leonard on a partnership with Clay Thompson, um, you know, certainly that's an appealing, that's an appealing sell for any free agent and and vice versa. 
Now, to be clear, definitely there, uh, Woj agreeing with Michael Gray as well, that if the Bay, of course, the Warriors um, don't give the max to Klay Thompson, he would definitely be intrigued about the Los Angeles Clippers there as well as one of his landing spots there. We want to shift east here. Uh, the Nets, of course, have been making haymakers right now. If you're the Nets, you know, they've got this contrary that they have going on. It, it, it's a stomatic contradiction. Do we pay and extend D'Angelo Russell or do we go ahead and lure Kyrie Irving back home to the Brooklyn Nets um, and try to potentially get Kevin Durant to come along with him? What do the Knicks do? We've got R.J. Berry selected third overall. Can we get Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant or maybe Kemba Walker? What in both teams in New York City are thinking about? Well, the Knicks are thinking about getting Kevin Durant, of course, because Kevin Durant has been on their radar uh, since for, for for quite some time now, and I know that they're they're geared towards getting him. They they know they want to get at least they, they filled out these two max slots to get two superstars. I know they're eyeing to get the best two, and then you know they're looking at either KD, you know, possibly Kawhi. I know Kyrie, of course, coming back. They, they need somebody just to get back in the relevant category. The Brooklyn Nets, however, have a great great chance of getting possibly KD and Kyrie. I think I think they have a great chance of getting Kyrie uh, over D'Angelo Russell. You know, I know D'Angelo Russell had a great uh, comeback year this season. You know, averaging twenty one and seven. Um, you know, he, he he had a great season this year. But if you have a chance to get Kyrie Irving over D'Angelo Russell, I would take Kyrie Irving because they have similar play styles in a way because they both masters in the pick and roll. You know, D'Angelo Russell mastered in the pick and roll this season and showed how lethal he can be. And we all know how lethal and explosive and how 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 uh, elite Kyrie Irving is in a, in a, a pick and roll situation. So I think Kyrie would fit well in, in uh, Brooklyn. I think he would he would be a, a great asset to them because he's playing with a bunch of guys that understand their roles and he won't have to worry about the egos, that the same ego problem that he had to worry about in Boston with guys not ex- fully accepting their roles and thinking that, they 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 deserved uh, bigger roles over him, and you know it, it was just too much friction in Boston, and, and we all know he never wanted to be there anyway in the first place. He just wanted to get out of Cleveland. So the fact that he gets a chance to possibly choose where he wants to go, and it's looking like Brooklyn could be that destination, I'm sure Brooklyn would take him over D'Angelo Russell, and with 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 the possibility of getting Kevin Durant either this season or next season following um, his injury. Well, uh, let me let me put you on the shoes of a free agent. What do you do, Mike? What, what do you do right now? Uh, I mean, I think they're in a stomatic contradiction as in terms of do we extend uh, D'Angelo Russell or do we let him walk? We're hearing talks of the Los Angeles Lakers, uh, you know, reacquainting themselves again. <laughs> that perfect marriage that was right. just, you know, broken up. All of a sudden, they would want that again, Los Angeles in the thick of things for a marquee point guard in this upcoming free agency? Or, or do you pay Kyrie Irving? W- what do you do in this situation? If I'm the Brooklyn Nets, I pay Kyrie Irving because Kyrie Irving, is, like, we love D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell has come, come on strong and he's improved at year after year, come off the injury and had a great season. But he's not in the same conversation as Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is Kyrie Irving's a champion. A, yeah, he's a champion. He's that lethal of a player. He's going, he's, into, he's entering into his prime. And he, he's really coming into his own as a player and as a person. And this is the first time he actually gets a chance to choose his destination where he wants to go. And he seems very happy right now. I would, I would, if I had to choose, and Kyrie Irving said he wanted to come to Brooklyn over D'Angelo, I would choose Kyrie Irving over, over D'Angelo Russell for sure. Definitely. The Brooklyn Nets having a decision to make in front office between Russell and Kyrie Irving as well. Uh, let's talk about two franchises here and two players. Kemba Walker being linked and talked about possibly to the Boston Celtics while Kyrie exits there. And, of course, the Dallas Mavericks all of a sudden being the favorites now to get Al Horford to pair up with those two European megastars in Doncic as well as Kristaps Porzingis, who they also intend to max out. Your thoughts on those two um, making those decisions there? I think for sure if Kimball Walker was to go to Boston this year, I think if he if he was to make to make that transition to Boston, that that would be a major pick. That that would be a major pickup for them because he would have an advantage over what Kyrie had. You know, he would have a Gordon Hayward who already had a year under his belt that could possibly become a, the Gordon Hayward that we know in Utah this year. He would have the opportunity of okay, 
Brad Stevens had his learning curve last year and learned uh, from his mistakes, um, you know, inserting Gordon Hayward last year and mistakes that he had with the team, and he would come back stronger this year. I think I think Kimball would benefit from the adversity that Boston went through last year because it would be a new year. You know, it was the same system but different play, but some slightly different players, and just just the overall new vibe in in um, in Boston right now. And um, I, 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 but to be honest with you, it's really Sebi. It's really hard for me to see Kimball leaving Charlotte. It really is. It's really hard for me to see him leaving Charlotte because he's eligible to get the super max, five years, two hundred twenty million dollars a year, and I, I would be shocked to see him leave, but it all depends on what his what his thing, what he wants. Does he want to be a part of a championship team, or does he want to get paid? Right. It's, it's going to come down to what it, what what his needs and what his wants are. What's going to make him happy? If he wants a championship, I definitely see him going to Boston or going to Dallas or going to any one of those other teams that that that, that are pursuing him. But if he if he if he wants to secure secure himself and secure secure the bag, as they say, then I would, I would probably stay in Charlotte and continue that the upcoming trend that, that they have going, staying with Michael Jordan and the Charlotte Hornets. Definitely there. One thing we know about the Boston Celtics, historically, I've always had great point guards. From yeah. Kuzi to Red Urbach uh, to Dennis Johnson uh, to Rajon Rondo to Isaiah yeah. Thomas to Kyrie Irving. Yeah. The Boston Celtics, historically, having great players at that position there. And Dallas, you know, they've got those two foreign Mega stars that are Europeans, Doncic, who won Rookie of the Year this year, and also Kristaps Porzingis, um, before when healthy, Mike, twenty-two and twelve. You know yeah. that's unprecedented. So bringing in a veteran inside, a, like Al Horford, what does that do for Mark Cuban? Oh, that's major. That's major because that's something that this team needs. That especially at this point in time, you have a young Luka Doncic who just came off an amazing rookie season. You have a, a young Chris Porzingis who is only 22 years old. And, I mean, when he, when he, he's, Sebi, he's only 22 years old. He has a chance to possibly be the best player ever within the next few years. He's right. that special. And, you know, you, I think that – Dirk S. I think he's Dirk S. That's his ceiling, Mike. He really can be. He really can be. And, you know, the fact that Dirk is retired and you, you don't really have that veteran presence in the locker room, Al, someone like Al Hofer to mold the young guys with that talent that they have and can bring the best out of them. And, you know, he's a master in the pick and roll. So, you know, they, they, they would absolutely love that. And he would just be a great fit for them and a great, a great piece for them to, to possibly get over the hump and get back in playoff contention and championship contention. Definitely there. Think about a pick and roll or even pick and pop with Porzingis and Al yes. Horford there. Would that make the Dallas Mavericks ne- starting next season with also uh, Mr. Hardaway as well, um, mm-hmm. sneaky contenders in a Western Conference? Yes, they are. They they are sneaky contenders, and I really, I'm really intrigued and interested to see what moves they make the rest of this offseason. Because depending on how 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 big they go and how far they go in free agency and 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 the rest of this rest of this offseason, they can be very, from go from sneaky contenders to uh oh, they're not really going to sneak up on anybody because they, we know how good they can be. And it, I think it really all depends on the health of these players. If Porzingis, if Porzingis can stay healthy along with the Luca. Um, and depending on who else they bring in, this team can be not sneaky but scary. Definitely there. One thing we know about Mark Cuban in Dallas, he is not, and I repeat, not afraid to spend some money out there, the billionaire and Dallas there. Mike, who's bigger in Dallas? Is it Jerry Jones or is it Mark Cuban? <laughs> Ooh, that's a great question. That's a great question. <laughs> that's a big question. As far as popularity, as far as popular, popularity, Probably Jerry, right? I'd probably say Jerry. Just because it's yeah. a billion dollar playpen, the Dallas Cowboys, it seems like they have yeah. some, the three to the three, the three uh, the, the time championships in ninety uh, in the nineties that they got right. with Aikman and Emmitt Smith. Yeah, uh, but you know we, that's Mark a question Cuban's... we probably have to ask the governor or the mayor of Dallas, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Mark Cuban's not that far behind. Yes, definitely there. The Dallas Mavericks as well. Any uh, other intriguing guys in this free agency that we're not talking about? I I think the Bucks are in a very interesting position here. They've got Brogdon, who yeah. they may leave and exercise his uh, free agency status. Uh, I, I expect them to re-sign Chris Middleton. I mean, it, it doesn't get better than that. Chris Middleton, an outstanding two-way player. I don't think they can afford leaving them. And also Brooke Lopez. So it, what do the Bucks do? Um, to continue to build around Giannis Antetokounmpo. 
I think they do exactly what they did this past season, and they they get they continue to surround him with three point snipers, with shooters, with three and D type players because he's gonna draw, he's gonna take care of the paint. He's gonna draw so many defenders to the paint because he's that lethal of a player, and you can't stop him one on one getting to the rim. So the more he continues his game and the more he improves his game, he he he's working on his three point shot and he's getting better at it, and even the mid range a little bit. But the more he, the, he can draw so many defenders to you to the paint that he's gonna leave wide open shooters on a consistent basis throughout the game. And I think the more you uh, put shooters around him, not, not only shoot but play defense, the better the Bucks will be because they were right there. They were almost in the, in the position to get to the NBA Finals. But it was just it came, it came down to, to this, the better superstar in Kawhi Leonard. You know, Giannis will continue to get better. But I think the more shooters and, and 3 and D players you put around him, the better he will be and the better the Bucks will be. Definitely there. The Bucks definitely have a decision to make in free agency on who they choose to re-sign or let go in free agency as well. And, and some of these other guys that not a lot of people are talking about or may be hesitant in taking, the Boogie Cousins of the world, the Nikola Vucevic, your thoughts on those type of players and where they can potentially land? I've heard, I've heard that Nikola Vucevic can ha- is a po- it's a high possibility that the Boston Celtics are very interested in him, and I think if he goes to the Boston Celtics, that's a major, major piece because Vucevic is very underrated. You know, he's, he's very he's skilled inside, Mike. Very, very skilled, and I know you down in Orlando, you get to see him more than I do. Um, so I know I'm just preaching to the choir when it comes to you, but at the same time, he's he's a very special player. He's easily can be a double double player. Um, he's, he was an All Star this year for a reason. He was very consistent. You know, he's, he's a very good player. He's a very solid player, somebody you, you need on a championship team. And I, I, I know whichever team signs Vucevic will definitely get a steal and, and a piece because he's a great player. Definitely there. Nikola Vucevic, 23-12. and 12. And, oh, yes, that's right, 60 double-doubles this past season for the Orlando Magics. Definitely going to keep an eye on him in free agency to come. But, Mike, we can't really suspect or really can't prognosticate anything because we only have to wait because NBA free agency this Sunday, 6 six Eastern on the East Coast here. Where will all of these guys land? We'll have to figure out. This is the Sebi Podcast radio show, streaming only here on WNSC Radio. Hi, I'm Fanny. I'm Cecilia. I'm Joanna. And I'm Alwyn Jr. And we are Precise Tax and Accounting Services in Central Florida. And we would love to give a special thanks to Sebi Podcast Crew for keeping us up to date with everything sports during this busy tax season. Do you find yourself overwhelmed by the changes in our new tax law? Or would you just love to have the peace of mind that comes with dealing with a well-informed professional? If so, Reach out to us for any of your tax, accounting, or small business needs, and be sure to let us know that SEBI Podcast sent you. Thank you. The Sebi Podcast Radio Show here. Myself and Michael Gray here on the Sebi Podcast Radio Show. Our last segment today, guys, is proud and sponsored by RDV Sportsplex. Again, I, I've lamented RDV Sportsplex, the largest sports complex in Central Florida, and it's really not even close. The size and the girth of New Jersey, the state of New Jersey, RDV Sportsplex. If you want tennis, if you want ice skating, figure figure skating, ice hockey, to fitness gyms, to basketball uh, gyms, you know, to, to even seeing the Magic Hall of Fame, RDV Sportsplex. That's right. Our proud sponsors here of the Sebi Podcast Radio Show. And Mike, we switch gears and switch sports here to the NFL. We're going to go ahead and, and start off with our division winners, and we'll go ahead and go East Coast to West Coast here. I'm going to go with the NFC North. The NFC North dominated last year by the second-ranked defense in the NFL last season, led by Khalil Mack, Raekwon Smith, Eddie Jackson, and that vaunted Da Bears defense. Uh, Can we see a meltdown this year, or do we see the Bears repeating as champions of the North? 
I don't think we'll see a meltdown. You know, you know, because you know, I, but I, I don't see the the uh, Chicago Bears winning the NFC North this year. But I don't, I don't think we see a meltdown as far as you know they're gonna just fall off the face of the earth because I think one of the biggest losers they had, obviously they lost Camille, Khalil Mack last year. And no, 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 they they they, they gained Khalil Mack. But I think one of the biggest um, pieces that they lost in their team this past season was Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard going to the Philadelphia Eagles and right. the, the security blanket that he was right. for for a guy like uh, Mitch, Mitchell Trubisky. I think I think that's gonna hurt them a lot this year. I think they're gonna struggle with that in the running game, and I, I don't see them winning the division. I would give that to the Green Bay Packers this year. I think the Green Bay, I think the Packers will be much better this year. They got better on the defensive side of the ball. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a, a much better season than he had last year. We know last year was one of his down years of his career as far as being accurate with the ball, and, you know, he had a lot of throwaways and things of that nature. But I definitely would go with the Green Bay Packers uh, to win the division this year. Definitely. They're the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. We'll see how, of course, Torn ACL, their new coach, handles with Aaron Rodgers, who one day will be in Canton, Ohio, as one of the best football players to ever lace them up. Definitely best quarterbacks there. Mike's going with the Green Bay Packers. Mike, I'm not really confident about this pick, but I'm going to go with the Purple Monsters in Minnesota. Uh, I, I'm not really <laughs> very confident about this. I, I'm really not. Kirk Cousins. Uh, I, I think that he can play. I, I, I don't think Kirk Cousins is a scrub, but I really think he can play. Um, and I do believe they've got one of probably one of the best tandem receivers in the NFL. You want to talk about Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen yes. together combined yeah. for 2,600 yards last season. That's together. Uh, of course, Adam Thielen led the NFL in reception, receiving yards, should I say, 1345. And also Adam Thielen, we know what uh, uh, Diggs, should I say, excuse me, uh, you know what damage he can do as a secondary option. And then I think they're going to benefit off of Dalvin Cook coming back, um, being healthy. Dalvin Cook, I got a chance to really see a lot what he can do out here in Florida State, here in the Sunshine State for the Seminoles. I think if he can come back healthy and also I, I think that, this year, the Vikings get back to their DNA, and and they get back to the DNA, and that's being taking that character from their coach and Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer is from that great Cincinnati defense, uh, of course, with Geno Atkins and and others. Right. So I think they get back to playing excellent defense, maybe being around the top five, top ten ballpark. Daniel Hunter, an exceptional uh, pass rusher, he had nine and a half sacks last season. Uh, also, they're going to get back Anthony Barr, who really got exposed in coverage last season. But I, I think that bringing them back was huge. And then, of course, Harrison Smith, who I said that is one of the more underrated safeties in the game. I'm going to go with the Vikings doing just enough to get getting the North. But I'll be honest, not really, not, not, not really, uh, you know, uh, how should I say, confident about that. Not confident that, think that be, yeah. yeah, not really confident about that, but uh, definitely having the Vikings winning the North there. I, I think that Green Bay will follow that up with a wild card berth. And I think this year, the Chicago Bears are outside looking in. <laughs> yeah, I feel, I feel you on that. I think I think the Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings will uh, will end up having a better record this year and, and be better overall than the Chicago Bears. And that's not a knock on the Chicago Bears. It's just that you know this is a this is a passing league and this is a game of lethal lethal weapons at at, at not only the quarterback position but outside. And Minnesota, yeah. you right. Minnesota has that on offense and they have it on defense. And Green Bay has. Well, you can never count Aaron Rodgers out. Aaron Rodgers will always be in the mix. Yeah, definitely there. Also, hearing signs about the Vikings re-signing Kyle Rudolph and maybe that cohesion with. Kirk Cousins can really be a security blanket up the middle as well. Yep. Kyle Rudolph and a very, very solid tight end in the NFL there. So we from the north, we go east to the NFC East. This is a division that's been dominated by either the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys. Mike, I think that continues the season. I love this Dallas Cowboys roster from top to bottom. I, I, I love it. I really do. I think they repeat as division winners this season. You get a full season of Amari Cooper to build rapport with Dak Prescott. Oh, if you really want that money that Mike said that you really don't deserve, Dak Prescott, you want to show us this year. So you get a chance to build rapport with uh, uh, Cooper this year and then bringing in Randall Cobb, a veteran. I think that's an upgrade from 
Cole Beasley, and also bring Jason Witten, who can also calm the locker room, and then Ezekiel Elliott. He said his goal this season is to get more passing yards, uh, uh, pass-catching yards, as well as doing damage on the ground. I love their offense. They were stingy last year on defense. They were fourth and forcing turnovers. Jalen Smith and Van Der Esch. Uh, they've still got some uncertainties in that back end in the secondary. They couldn't get Earl Thomas in free agency. But I, I love the Cowboys. And, and, and of course, re-signing Demarcus Lawrence and, and that front seven that they have. I, I like the Cowboys going back as division winners in the NFC East. I, it's, it's, I actually see it. Be, I, I see it similar to you, but I'm going, you know, you're absolutely right when it comes to the, the division going going down between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys. You know, the, the New York Giants were in rebuild mode and the Washington Redskins are still trying to find their way and figure, figure things out. So you're absolutely right. The Philadelphia Eagles and the Cat is going to come out between those two. But I'm going to go with the Eagles. Okay. I think, I think the Eagles, I think the Eagles are going to come out as division winners this year. Uh, I think the moves that they made this offseason were major. I like the fact that they let um, Nick Foles go and, and, and get his money out there in Jacksonville and become a full-time starter. And they, they, they made the decision that, hey, we're going with Carson Wentz. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna ride with him and we're going we're gonna to make things happen. I love the additions that they made. I love bringing back Deshaun Jackson to, to Philly. Mike, if you want to talk about a speedster, watch out. Oh, my goodness. And I was just talking about uh, the, 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 how the downfall I have with Chicago getting rid of Jordan Howard to Philly. Oh, it's a major plus for Philly, though. It's yes, Philly it is. Philly is going to benefit tremendously from, from, um, from, from having Jordan Howard in the backfield, along with Carson Wentz coming back healthy this year. Assuming he can stay healthy this year and, and fully get to the playoffs and play an entire season, I really do it like this Philadelphia Eagles team because they just have the weapons, man. They all top to bottom. And on defense, you know, they're adding a guy like Malik Jackson. You know, this, this team especially and Zach Brown at the linebacker spot. You still have Malcolm Jenkins back there at safety and guys are, and guys up front like Timmy Jernigan and those boys. Ronald Darby will be coming back this year healthy. It's, it's, it's a special team. I, I really I, I really want to see how, how this team pans out and how Carson Wentz could do in the playoffs. And I'm, I'm going with the Philadelphia Eagles to win this division this year. The Philadelphia Eagles, before Carson Wentz got hurt, definitely leading the polls in MVP honors a uh, couple seasons ago for the Philadelphia Eagles uh, there as well. And Zach Ertz, a big piece of that over the middle. Definitely, arguably, one of the top three tight ends in the NFL. And, oh, by the way, Mike, one of your favorite positions, Jason Peters and Lane Johnson come back healthy this year. They may have, pro football say they have the best offensive line in football. Maybe the Dallas Cowboys have something to say. They play twice a year this year. Those are our division winners for the NFC East. From the East, we go down where I stay, here in the South, where you've got the Atlanta Falcons the New Orleans Saints, and also the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Carolina Panthers. Mike, this has been this. Uh, I tell you, this these division down here has been really <laughs> tough. I mean, there hasn't been a repeat champion in the division in quite some time. You know, you've got the New Orleans Saints winning one year. Then Atlanta bounces back another year. Then Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers all of a sudden uh, uh, come out of nowhere and win the division. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, well, they're just the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So uh, when you're looking at the NFC South team, who's got the upper hand? You're right. You're absolutely right about this one, Sebi. This is this is one of the major hard ones. I think it's I think it's between another another two teams in the division. And that's not this isn't a knock on the Carolina Panthers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because I think those two teams are going to have very good season this year and improve from the season that they had last year. But this division, in my opinion, comes down to the Atlanta Falcons and the New Orleans Saints. And if, if I had to make a pick right now, early preseason, I would say that the Atlanta Falcons win the division this year. I like what I've seen um, from, from Calvin Ridley and what, I can, what I've seen from uh, Julio Jones coming back, uh, coming back this, this part this year. Matt, I think Matt Ryan has a bounce back year this year and, and finds his rhythm. The Atlanta Falcons haven't had that explosive uh, elite offense, offense since the year they lost in the Super Bowl. You know, ever since, ever, ever since you know that Super Bowl, they haven't been as lethal of an offense. But they got defensive players back this year. They got Keanu Neal coming back off of injury. You know, they still have Deion Jones and Vic Beasley and guys like that. It's it's, it's a special team, and I think that, I think it might be Atlanta's time to 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 make their own history and, and put their name back on the map. It's gonna be a dog fight between the New Orleans Saints. You still have Drew Brees. 
and Alvin Kamara and those boys out there in New Orleans. And I think they'll they'll have something to say about this, and they'll definitely make some noise. But if I had to choose right now, I'm going with the Atlanta Falcons to give them a, a slight nod over the same. The Atlanta Falcons, their slogan is rise up, and they're definitely coming to rise up there. <clears throat> the New Orleans Saints, and Mike, I, I, I've said this, Michael Thomas deserves his money. I, yeah. I, outside of Antonio yes. Brown, if you look at the last three seasons, no receiver has been productive, even Adam Thielen hasn't been more productive than Michael Thomas. The position receiver that he is, I mean, he's got 125 receptions. He led the NFL last season in that. Nobody, and I repeat, nobody in their first three seasons has more receptions than Michael Thomas. Not Randy Moss, not Terrell Owens, not Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, Michael Thomas, uh, the Saints have a a, a decision to make in re-signing him out there in the bayou. But I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with the Atlanta Falcons this year. And let's start off with the with the New Orleans Saints here. I did not like letting Mark Ingram go to the Baltimore Ravens. I like that, you know, that combination of thunder and lightning. You get the the thunder with, uh, you know, Mark Ingram banging in third down conversions, and you get the lightning with Alvin Kamara on third downs if you need a, a pass catching play. So I think they're gonna miss that. And also, I don't know if they can really recover from what happened last year in that. NFC championship game maybe this is the year that of course New Orleans takes a step back they're always going to be good in the dome they're excellent in the dome but I'm going to go with the Falcons and Devontae Freeman again he is an FSU guy here from Florida State I got a chance to see a lot of him in college and he's been excellent in the pros he comes back healthy and then their center Alec Mack comes back healthy uh, for year Matt Ryan I think he has a bounce back year Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley you know, that can be a special pairing as one of the most tandem, best tandems in the NFL. So I'm going to with Atlanta winning the division, but it's going to be awfully tight. I mean, again, uh, I'm agreeing with you, Mike. It's going to come down between New Orleans and Atlanta in that division. Carolina, I think that it's just Cam and Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I'm not really sold on anything that they did in the draft. They were one of my uh, losers as well. So uh, Atlanta, to me, it's going to be tight, but I, I think they went it somewhere along the lines, maybe uh, 10 and 6, 9 and 7. Got you. I, I, see, I, see them, I see them getting in that range too. And I, it's going to be tough. It's really going to be tough because the Carolina Panthers, I think they're going to have a, a, a bounce back year this year too and have a great season. And I also see, I also see Tampa Bay improving this year too. This is going to be such happy. This might be one of the top two or three divisions this year, you know, as far as the talent and how good the t- these teams can be. It's going to be, it's definitely going to be one of the most competitive for sure. It is a tough pick, but I'm, I'm going to roll with the Atlanta Falcons for sure. The Atlanta Falcons there. And from the South, we go to the West Coast, where I just came from out there into the NFC West. The Arizona Cardinals selected Kyler Murray, number one overall pick, looking to turn around that franchise and getting under the wings of Larry Fitzgerald. He said, Mike, he wanted his locker room right next to Larry Fitzgerald. That's great signs for a young rookie quarterback. You know, that's the face of your franchise, wanting to have your locker room next to Larry Fitzgerald. We'll see how that pairing with Cliff Kingsbury and, of course, his style of system, that air-rated college, you know, spread offense, how that also translates to the NFL. And then, of course, you've got the Hawks, you know, the Seattle Seahawks. Now, all of a sudden, it is Russell Wilson's team. He's 30. He's got his money. Yep. Jimmy Garoppolo comes back for the 49ers. What do we expect from them? And then the Rams, the Super Bowl finalist. I, I, I'm going to go with this, Mike. And this is going to be my sleeper team. Um, I, I think this is the year that the 49ers get it right. Yeah. I, I think this is the year the 49ers get it right. And uh, I'm not going to go as far as to say they win the division, but they're going to get that wild card berth. I, I like Garoppolo coming back. Uh, George Kittle, man, you want to talk about t- a tight end that came onto the scene last year? Yeah, George sure. Kittle, Zach Ertz got, got some competition out there in the NFC. George Kittle comes in, plays over the middle. Marquise Goodwin, we know how much of a speedster he is. He ran in the Olympics. Anybody that ran in the Olympics would scare the heads out of any secondary. I, I like that pairing. Austin Pettis is excellent as well as a position player. Jimmy Garoppolo coming staying healthy if he's healthy and he's right i like that for the san francisco 49ers to get that 
uh, playoff berth. Jarek McKinnon coming from uh, the Vikings as well solidifies their their backfield. I, I like this. And Solomon Thomas, Nick Bosa, I like their front line. It's time for that. that they've, they've really, really, really uh, uh, drafted really high and really early on that front seven. And it's time that front seven really start making some damage. So DeForest Buckner uh, uh, to Solomon Thomas to now Nick Bosa. I, yeah. I think I'm going with the 49ers getting a playoff berth, but I got to go with the Seahawks. I, I think this Pete Carroll and Russell, that comparison right there, that's the Bill Belichick and Tom Brady of the NFC. I, I think they get it right this year. They come out of the NFC West and the Los Angeles Rams, they're outside looking in. I, I just don't think they can rebound off of that. I think, you know, the division, they've got film and study on Jared Goff. The, 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 and you saw the Super Bowl, Mike. The film on, on Jared Goff is you got to pressure him. You got to yep. pressure him and you got to make him antsy. And that's what the Patriots did constantly in that Super Bowl. Bill Belichick brought pressure. Five man, six man. And you're facing you know, that, that 49ers pass rush in the NFC West, you're facing uh, the Seahawks, although they're not the Seahawks of old, but they st- they can still play defense. You know what I'm saying? And then, of course, uh, the Arizona Cardinals, they've got ch- a guy named Chandler Jones. He can bring pressure. So I'm going to go with the Hawks winning that division and followed up with the 49ers coming in second and getting that playoff berth. Sevi, I, I absolutely agree with everything you just said. I love that you brought up the San Francisco 49ers as as far as being the sleeper team and being a team that can really make some noise. I think they're really going to put everything together this year. You know, you over the years, over the last few years, we I've watched the San Francisco 49ers continue to improve and improve and improve and continue to show potential that they can be a great team. They just didn't have all the pieces together. I think now that they have a legitimate quarterback, Jimmy G, coming back off injury this year and assuming he can stay healthy, and you know, I, I really, I really like. Of course, this defensive line—they have arguably the best defensive line in football. You know, with all the players you just mentioned, I like them being a being a potential team, a sleeper team that can make some noise and compete for that division spot. I don't see them winning the division because I think the Los Angeles Rams just have too much have too much to offer. You know, they have arguably the best offensive line in football. You have uh, Aaron Donald, of course, who's a beast on the defensive side. Nah, I love you him. Add right? a, you add a, you add another veteran like Clay Matthews on that defensive side as well. So I I love I love this Rams team and I think that they'll put put things together and they're still lethal enough to win this division. The Seattle Seahawks, I think they can be competitive as well because, you know, the Russell Wilson has always thrived with a six foot wide receiver. You know, you had they had guys like Sidney Rice and and, and things of that nature. So I, I think I think DK Metcalf and Chris Matthews in the Super Bowl. I think I think DK Metcalf would definitely help out Russell Wilson. And have it could possibly have a breakout season this year. That but could be scary. Give, DK Metcalf building rapport with Russell Wilson, right? For sure. And I, but I, I would give the knowledge to the Rams because top to bottom, when you look at when you look at their rosters and the team that they have, they're just they're just too loaded for the rest of the division. Definitely there. I, I will say this: this scares me about the Seattle Seahawks. I picked them to win the division. I know uh, losing uh, Baldwin and losing Cam Chancellor. That's yeah. tough. You know, those take take just playing out from the gridiron away, the locker room. How's the locker room? Will it be a little bit more fragile? Those two guys were excellent in the locker room. I think, you know, it's guys like maybe all of a sudden Frank Clark or or Russell Wilson now to take leadership now. So that's that that scares me a little bit. Rashad Penny, Chris Carson, I think those are two underrated backs. Very, so, and, very and, underrated. And, and so, you know, Seattle had the number one rushing attack last season. Russell Wilson's going to make plays with his legs too. So I'm going to stick with the Hawks, but that does scare me that Baldwin and Cam Chancellor isn't there. But you're rolling with the Rams here, and, and you you like that front line with Clay Matthews and, and Aaron Donald. Yes. That, Jared Goff doesn't uh, concern you by any chance. Could Jared, Jared Goff does concern me, and I, I didn't like what I saw in the Super Bowl. I really didn't. But he's also shown that he can be a great regular season player. And I think one of the things when it comes to what the Patriots did that a lot of teams aren't going to do is that, you you know, like I said, the Rams have one of the best offensive lines in football. They had a terrible game in the Super Bowl, a very bad game. And I think for you, it's going to be hard to count on, you know, other teams getting pressure on Jared Goff on a consistent basis because this offensive line is just so lethal. They're so nasty. And I think they just had an off game in the biggest game of the season. 
And I don't see them consistently coming into this next season having bad games back to back to back. I think this Rams offensive line is going to be motivated and they're going to protect Jared Goff the best way they can. And they're going to make noise. They're going to make things happen. Definitely there. Uh, Andrew Whitworth, the star of that front line there for the Los Angeles Rams. Mike scoring with the Rams to win that division. And speaking of L.A., we really just can't stop talking about L.A., right? Nope. The Dodgers and the Majors, they're rolling right now in L.A., right? Yeah. We can potentially have an all-L.A. Western Conference Finals. And, oh, the Rams just made it to the Super Bowl. So Los Angeles, definitely talk of town, the big market that they are. But, yes, that was our division winners in the NFC. And you are listening to the Sebi Podcast radio show. For myself and Michael Gray, we're saying so long for now inside WNSC. Hello, my name is Ian Saunders with Saunders Property Group, powered by Home Expo Realty. I'm a sponsor, proud sponsor, and a big fan of the SEBI podcast show. Make sure you tune in. Just wanted to share uh, a few nuggets with you about the Central Florida real estate market. Uh, Population growth is about 7%, which is among the top in the country, especially here in Central Florida. And I got news for you. If you're a renter, average rent is about $1,600 a month. What if I told you you can purchase a home, a $200,000 home, and pay less than that? Well, we can show you how. Uh, Just wanted to be sure that you guys understand that at this point, interest rates have dropped to a 10-month low, so that means the money is cheap and you get more bang for your buck. So if you're looking to learn more, definitely touch bases with me. Definitely tune in to SEBI Podcast Show. And in fact, hashtag SEBI Podcast Show, and I'll help you get lender credits, pay off your closing costs. Hey, thanks for your time. Have a good one. You've missed some of our recordings or some of our episodes? Have no fear. The SEBI Podcast experience is still here. You can check us out at our website at sebipodcast.info. Again, that is sebipodcast.info for any of our audio segments on Spotify and iTunes and some of our streaming visuals on our YouTube website and links there at sebipodcast.info some cool merch if you want to dm us and send us all of your email requests we'll be sure to get them here on the sebi podcast experience and remember folks whether you're listening on air or viewing online sebi podcast is wherever you go and that is the slogan